for people that don't know Jesus, it's hard for them to understand that um, the song we just sang, that the idea that God, you are always good, always. Sometimes people that don't know Christ get stuck in the fact that life sometimes is hard and and, and, and like I've heard people that don't know Christ will say, you know, why did God allow you to go through that tough time? Where was God when you were in that trial or whatever? But when you, when you know Christ, it's, it's through the trials that we learn that God is the most faithful. God is, God is the most real in the middle of the storms. And that's one of the coolest things about walking with the Lord. Because we... When you know Christ as your Savior, you're moved to obey God regardless of the circumstance, regardless of your feelings. And, and so we can even, we can sing that with honesty, God, you're good. You're good. And we've learned the value of obedience to God. Did you catch this week in two times in our reading? God thinks it's kind of funny. Uh, and I want to say about our reading, I want to invite you to read the Bible with us. Jump in where we are. Because there's, there's so much value in the raw word of God and just allowing God to just speak to us through his word, through the raw word. But uh, two times in, in our readings in the New Testament this week, uh, one time he said, go into Jerusalem, there's going to be a colt tied to a tree, I want you to take it. And if the guy asks you why, tell him how the master has need of it. That'd be like going into a wasso and there's a motorcycle sitting there and uh, there's keys in it. So just jump on it and just take it. If anybody asks you, say, it's okay, the master needs it. Okay. I don't know how Jesus worked that out, but I, to me, I chuckled when I read that. I thought, how funny. Um, or like we read today, uh, hey, going to Jerusalem, uh, there's a guy going to be carrying a pitcher of water. I want you to follow him into his house. Try to do that in Owasso today. Just follow someone home and just walk in their house with them. See how that works out. No, you better not do that. Don't do that. Um, but I can imagine, I, 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 don't, I don't know the details of that, how Jesus worked that out. But, but it's, it's, it's always right to obey God. Always. Even when we don't fully understand it or see it. That's the story of Joseph. And that's where we are today. You, you see in the story of Joseph so many interesting things. You, you see Romans 8, 28 just fleshed out right in front of us. I don't know if you know that verse. The great eight, Romans 8. God works all things for the good. For those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. That's Romans 8, 28. And you see this in the story of Joseph. Now, um, Stand with me, and let's look at Genesis chapter 39. We're going to, um, starting at the end of verse 6, and we're just going to read verse through verse 10 together, and let's, um, let's dig into this. The end of verse 6 in chapter 39, it says, Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. After a time, his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything 
from me except you because you are his wife. How then can I do a great wickedness and sin against God? And she spoke to Joseph day after day. He would not listen to her, to lie beside her, or to be with her. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now, uh, it's interesting how much press the Bible gives to the story of Joseph. Fascinating. Um, Really, Genesis 37 all the way through the end of Genesis is the story of Joseph. And it's... uh, It's fascinating to recognize how much God wanted us to understand the story of Joseph. If there's that many chapters devoted to this this time in the history of God's people, we ought to pay attention to it. And and when you you think about all these Old Testament narratives, because it's been fun to hear chatter in our church about these stories in the Old Testament. for, For many, it's the first time they've read them, and it's like, oh my goodness, What's up with these people? I, and, it, and it's easy to, to think about that. Like, wow, what do they think? And then when you really look at it, they're just, we're just like them, right? We really are. But when you look at the story of these Old Testament stories, 1 Corinthians 10, a very important chapter in the New Testament that we'll get to eventually through, through the year. But in 1 Corinthians 10, it, it reminds us that these Old Testament narratives are in the Bible as an example to us that we're to follow. So we're to pay attention to these narratives. We're to, we're to understand these stories. And, and, and as 1 Corinthians 10 unfolds, there's a really important verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. And it's so important, and I would encourage you, plead with you, challenge you, admonish you, memorize it. Memorize 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. It says this, if you think you're standing firm, Be careful so that you do not fall, for no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear, and when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. And all through the Bible, we see that no matter what circumstances we face, no matter how we feel, God is always faithful to strengthen the believer. Now, you need Christ in your life. You can't do this on your own. We're not talking about, we're not trying to be more religious around here. So don't catch this Bible reading plan as trying to be more religious. No, we're engaging the king of all kings, and that's important. But, but so let's look at the story of Joseph. Let's, let's consider the story because, you know, it's, it's interesting as the lessons we learn. Now, there's so many lessons we can gather here. And his story teaches us about purity. You see that in the story of Joseph. He, it teaches us about forgiveness. It's amazing how Joseph was able to forgive if you look at the whole totality of, of his life. His story teaches us about how God speaks. Many times God speaks to Joseph, and, he, and, he's, and you see in the story of Joseph this, this interactive relationship that, that we get to have with God, that God is speaking to him and leading him. Um, in In the story of Joseph, there's so many things to learn about the story of redemption, how God offers forgiveness, how God set the stage for redemption in the history of the world. Um, In the story of Joseph, he's he's kind of a picture of Christ. Um, And we got to recognize that as you see God keeping his promises at every level here, because at this time, the people of God, the children of Israel, are a family amazing. They're, they're a family. God hasn't even revealed his name yet 
to, to humanity. He had, that's Moses, that God reveals his name, I am. Right now, it's a family. And you see God keeping his promise as, as he said to Abraham, I'm going to make you into a mighty nation. But right now, they're a family and fairly dysfunctional. And, but in the story of Joseph, you see this model of integrity. A man that, your integrity, you know what that, that's like. It's doing what is right when nobody's looking. That's Joseph. Um, you, see, you see in him this incredible um, willingness not to become bitter during hardships. And most, most important, I think, you see the providence of God. So, so let's think about it. Look, like, look, at, look back at verse 6 in chapter 39. Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, a good-looking guy. Um, ladies noticed him. Um, you, you remember his mom was very beautiful. Um, and after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused. And said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything except, except you, his wife. How, and notice what he says here. This is so very important. Uh, how could I do such a thing and, and sin against God? Did you catch that? He, he's like, like uh, look, I, I get it that I, I would wrong my master here. But, but how could I do such a thing and sin against God? He's modeling something that I think is so very important for us. And it's simply this. We, we, it's important to practice the presence of God. And, and that's something I want us to, I pray we do. Do you practice the presence of God? You see that in Joseph's life because he, he's recognizing, God, you see me. God, you see everything I do. And isn't it interesting how often we will convince ourselves that, God, you don't see me here. You didn't see that. It's like when you're a kid and your parents walked in the room and you did something you're not supposed to do. You're like, hey, hey, everybody. Uh, I wouldn't do anything, you know. But, but, but there's never a moment we're out of the presence of coming to understand this. But, but Joseph actually practiced that. He's like, how can I do this thing and sin against God? That's an incredible perspective that I think is important. You also see a, a really interesting thing about, look, look at what he says. Look at verse 10. And she spoke to Joseph day after day. So this wasn't a one and done temptation. This was an ongoing. Day after day, she's approaching him. And I can imagine as a single guy how good it would feel for, uh, you know, uh, I, would, I would guess Potiphar's wife was pretty. I would guess. Um, he was pretty powerful. Um, I, I don't know if he was good looking. Probably not. Um, but uh, this is my guess. I don't know. But, um, uh, but, I, but, I, but he was powerful, so he probably got to choose. I, and I bet she was like, man, Joseph's a lot better looking than old Potiphar here. And, and then it had to be a temptation but notice what Joseph does. He, he would not listen to her. 
Golly, that's an important thing, not to listen to those lies. We often listen and we're enticed by temptation. We often believe things we shouldn't believe when, when temptation comes. But he didn't listen to her. He didn't lie beside her or he wouldn't even be with her. So he was like avoiding it. And this is so very important because sometimes when we're faced with a temptation, we want to see how close we can get to the line and still be strong. And that's not how we, you battle temptation. You battle temptation by saying, I'm avoiding it. I'm out. I'm not even going to get close. That's critical. Now, um, you know, I, I just, I, I think it's important to recognize 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. How you got to memorize it. You got to know it. That, that verse says, if you think you're standing firm, be careful so that you do not fall. For no temptation seized you, seizes you except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you're tempted, he'll provide a way out. Joseph takes the way out. And I want to challenge us as we, as we follow the Lord that we look for the ways of escape because here's what God promises. With every believer, there's a, there's a way out of temptation. Take it. Look for it. And, and this is so important because God, when you practice the presence of God, and this is what I pray we do as we engage the scriptures, that we, we don't just read the Bible for reading the Bible's sake, but, but we practice the presence of God as we read the scriptures. God, speak to me because, you know, uh, how can a young man, Psalm 119, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. That's Psalm 119, 9 through 11. And, and, and you know, this is why I'm excited this year as we engage the scriptures because what the Lord does, when, when we engage the Lord and look to the Lord like Joseph continued to do, look to the Lord. I'm going to practice the presence of God. As we look to his word, you know what happens? God keeps focusing us, keeps bringing us back to him. And his word, like Psalm 119, 105, is a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. And I'm excited about this year. You see how God was leading Joseph's life here, teaching him about his presence. And, and he recognized that sin never works out. And, and, and he models that for us. And I want us to recognize sin never works out, ever. It's never going to deliver for you. Rebellion against God will never produce what you think it's going to produce. It, it, and when you practice the presence of God, you know what God does? He keeps you from running into some pitfalls. And Joseph was aware of, hey, look, I'm not going to sin against God. I'm going to follow the Lord because he knew there were pitfalls out there. And Joseph sets a good example. And, and, and you know, when you practice his presence, it protects you for the future. Because Joseph, as we, as we read his story this, the, the, this last week, we, you got to, we got to just navigate that whole journey of his life. And, and, oh my goodness, you see at the end of his journey how God had a plan for him. How God had, had he, he didn't have time to be distracted by sin. And neither do we. Let me tell you something. We don't have time to get our eyes off of Jesus. Life is too critical, and these days are too important for us to live our lives not looking to Jesus, not looking to the Lord. 
And, and what's amazing, and as you look at the totality of Joseph's life, he teaches us, and, and this is what the presence of God does. It, it, it helps you recognize when you practice God's presence and you look to him, you notice that, God, you're at work even when circumstances are crazy and chaotic. And I want you to know that's true for Joseph, that's true for you. God's at work in our lives. And, and you know, um, it's my prayer that we see this today. And, and we have to recognize there, there are times when we won't feel like doing what's right. There are times that, that we, that our circumstances will be challenging. Um, I had one of those Friday. Friday I was watching Conley, my granddaughter. It was just me and Conley bonding. And she got a little cranky just for a minute, even though she thinks I'm super cool. Um, but so I put her in a little high chair and, and um, I gave her an apple slice. She wasn't that interested. So I gave her a little piece of chocolate. She was more interested. It was awesome. She liked me even better. And then Emily came home <laughs> and began to instruct me, Dad, I know it feels like that, that Conley needs chocolate, but she, she's never had chocolate before. I go, oh, she loves it. <laughs> she really likes it. And uh, so Emily instructed me that as you grow spiritually, you need to give her the apple slice, Dad, and not the chocolate. And um, I won't do it again until the next time she comes over. But still, <laughs> um, Emily's right. Emily's right. Sometimes we, we see in the life of Joseph, you, you do what's right even when it doesn't feel like it. Kind of reminds me of what Paul said to in Philippians. Because in the story of Joseph, you see him, you see him being content regardless of his circumstances. Remember what Paul wrote to the Philippians? He said, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in every in, in, in in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hungry, abundance and need. And then the famous verse, Philippians 4.12, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. The context of that verse is not that you're going to go win the football game. That's not the context. The context is even when you're in a dark time, God is faithful. And that's a huge lesson. God gave so much press to the story of Joseph to remind us that God is faithful all the time. All the time. Even when your eyes can't see it, God's faithful. Even when your heart can't feel it, God is faithful. That's why we learn to sing the song that we learned today, God, you are good. Because our mouths will continue to say, God, we'll trust you. So very important. So one of the things you see in the story of Joseph is the presence of God. Second thing I think you see in the story of Joseph is that times of testing 
it strengthens your faith. It's what a lost world doesn't understand. Uh, in, in, it's, it's, in, it's why, you know, James says, consider it joy when you encounter trials of many kinds because it's in a time of testing that, that you're strengthened. Isn't it interesting that if you look at the Bible and as we read through it, we're going we're gonna to run into when Paul in, said, wrote to Timothy, he used three examples of a, of a strong believer. He used the example of a, of a farmer, a soldier, and an athlete. And he said, that's an example of being a believer, a strong believer. Let's just take one, the athlete. Uh, you know, we watched, I watched a football game for a little bit yesterday. And when you think about those athletes and they're in the midst of a tough game, what in the midst of a man, they're, they're, they're exerting themselves, they're focused, you know, they're, they're in a trial. And you see in the life of Joseph, you see in the examples of Scripture that, that times of testing, it strengthens you. Because in, when you're tested, uh, you, you see that tough times, trials keep you alert. And this is, you see Joseph and you watch his life, he's alert. He's looking to the Lord. He's trusting the Lord. Trials help you stay alert. Trials help you focus. Because look at what Joseph is doing. You see all through his life, as he, as he is wrestling through trusting the Lord, he, he's focused. He, trials prepare you for what's ahead. That's what trials do. Look at verse 11. Uh, as, as this story unfolds in Genesis 39, uh, verse 11 says, but, uh, so here's Joseph. He's like, hey, I'm going to not dishonor the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord. And you would think, oh, well, that's going to produce really great results for you, right? And I would say it absolutely will, and it does, and it did. But it, look how... It unfolded, but one day when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were in the house, she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled to go out of the house. So he did what's right. He ran off. He, he said, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not dishonor you. And you would think, oh, God's gonna really bless that. He did, just not in the way that Joseph thought. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled out of the house. She called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought this Hebrew, brought, brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. As soon as he heard that, I lifted up my voice and cried out. He left his garment beside me and fled out and got out of the house. Then she laid up the garment by her, by her until her master came home, and she told him the same story, saying, the Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came to me to laugh at me and fled out of the house. As, as soon as his master heard the words that his wife had spoken to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. That's a biblical way to say he was ticked. And Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. Look, look where he put him the place where the king's prisoners were confined. That's probably not like cable TV and a weight room. That's probably, that's a rough spot. And he was there in prison. Now it's easy to look at this and go, wow, is it really right to obey the Lord? We, we live in a time when people are like, you really believe the Bible? Let's update your, let's get with the, Let's get with the modern times, people. 
But, and that, and believe me, folks, if you don't think that's coming our way, get ready. We've seen it in the news this week of people that have made statements on Twitter and that are biblically right. And the lost world's going, how dare you? And see, we've got to understand this story because just because we're called to obey the Lord even when it's uncomfortable. And folks, let me tell you, we will see in our, in our world, our world, that it will be more and more uncomfortable to stand on biblical principles. You know what those trials are going to do? It's going to make us alert. It's going to keep us focused. And God's going to be faithful even when we won't be able to feel it or see it. Understand that. And you see this play out in Joseph's life because he, you look at verse chapter 40 because um, he goes on and, he, and he, he goes into the prison and we know the story, we read it this week, that, that he was blessed in the prison. He ended up being in charge of all the prison and everybody, uh, he, he was just blessed by God even as a prisoner. You realize that from the time, the best I can figure is about 20 years that Joseph uh, was sold into slavery and then all the way to the time that he was in charge of Egypt. About 20 years. When his brothers were before him. About 20 years. Let's not just read this so quick and not feel the timeline. For 20 years, he's been going through the ups and downs of God, I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to do what you've said. I'm just going to obey you. And, and I, I think that we've got to recognize the, the, that there will be, at times, lengthy seasons where we have to face difficulties. But God is, is faithful. It reminds me of 1 Peter 1. We've read, we studied this. Remember 1 Peter 1, uh, chapter, verses 6, where it says, these tri- talking about trials, that these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes though refined by the fire, and it's the fire, the testing that comes that develops our faith, it strengthens our faith, it, it, it makes us stronger, it prepares us for what's ahead, that, that our faith would be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So in the midst of this trial, jo- Joseph didn't really see the end game. He didn't know how it was going to turn out, but, he, but nothing persuaded him from trusting the Lord. And this is why I pray we are a people that nothing, pers- nothing, um, nothing pushes us away from trusting the Lord. And so you know the story. 40, chapter 40 goes the cupbearer and the, and the baker come in and they have a dream. And, and, uh, and man, Joseph interprets the dreams. It comes through, through exactly like he said because God blessed him and he interpreted the, tree, the dream and happened just like it, and, and, and then the cupbearer, remember that? He said, hey, when you go to Pharaoh, remember me. Come on, man, remember me. And guess what the cupbearer did? He didn't remember. Two years later, think about that. Two years later, Pharaoh has a dream. And then the cupbearer remembered. And then the story unfolded. 
And the amazing story of his family comes and his, there's a famine in the land. Joseph sets, sets the stage for, for, for just taking care of the entire world at the time, the, the, the world around there. And, the, and his brothers come and stand before him. And oh, it's just so incredible as you, as you think about Joseph's life and how he says, look, he forgave his brothers. And, and we read it this week. You know, you know what I see in here? I, I see that, that, that God prepared Joseph for a bigger mission. Do you realize that God is preparing you and me for a kingdom mission? And for us to be a church, for us to be a, a, a people in our, in, in, our, in our families, in our community, to say, Lord, we'll obey you even when it doesn't feel, even when we don't feel like it, even when, we, when our eyes can't see it, my, even when my heart can't feel it, Lord, we will, we will obey you, we'll trust you. And, and I, I, you see that, that Joseph did this. And, he, and he, he was used by God to, to rescue the, the really the, the, not just his family, but set the stage for the nation of, of Israel to be established. And now here we are in 2023, and one of the reasons why I believe in the God of the Bible is because I've watched how God has used the, the nation of Israel to point the world all through history to the Savior who came. Oh, my goodness. I, I pray we catch that God's preparing us for a kingdom mission. And regardless of what trials come our way as a, in, our, in our time of living, in our, in our time in history, that, that we are a people that are faithful that we are a people that, that we listen for the Spirit of God to speak. Because Joseph, when you look at his life, he kept listening for God to speak to him. And God spoke to him. And, and, I, and I pray that we recognize as we engage the Word of God like we are, that we listen for the Spirit of God to speak, that, that we wait for his plan to unfold. Because here's what you see as you read quickly through the story of Joseph. God's plan unfolded, and it was an incredible plan. And I pray that we are a people that say, Lord, we will wait for your plan to unfold. You realize that, that God's going to unfold his plan. You know, there, there's, there's prophecy that has come true. The, the Bible speaks of, of, of a second coming of Christ. And this is why I pray we live with a sense of urgency right now that we are a church focused on a mission saying, God, we will, we will position ourselves in a, in, a, in a community, in a nation at a, at a time where, where we can bring the most good to this community where we live. And, and I pray we wait for God's plan to unfold. And, and, and another thing I see in the story of Joseph, and, and I pray we catch that we expect God to keep his word. Folks, let me tell you something. God's going to keep every word he said. He's going to keep every promise he made. And you know, as I look at his life, I wrote this down. I thought, we, we don't really know what we're like until the roof's fallen in. You, know, you notice that? Um, we don't really know what kind of person we are until we face the fire. 
Trials, what do they do? They reveal our character, our maturity, our security, and our faith. And you know what? I'm... uh, Joseph had to have gone, had some moments with the Lord, like, Lord, golly, I'm serving you here. Okay, I'm going to trust you no matter what. I'm going to keep coming to you. You know what? I see this in people in our church all the time. I'm so inspired by going through trials of even personal doubts or maybe their own thoughts or their own, but they keep coming back to the Lord. Keep coming back to the Lord. Keep coming, keep trusting the Lord. Keep saying, Lord, I'm going to go to your word. I'm going to look to you. And that's what we've got to do. And I want to challenge us uh, like, to be a church. We're, we're, I can't ever promise us, and God never promises us that we're going to be comfortable or, or it's going to be easy or we're going to be without trials. But I'll tell you, um, the Lord is faithful to us all the time. And he's good in every circumstance. And, and look at Genesis 50, 20. I want, we see this so beautifully articulated in, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. As Joseph makes this famous statement, as he processes all that he experienced, as for you, Genesis 50, 20, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result and to preserve many people alive. And and, and you know, here's what I want us to recognize, that sometimes we're in the middle of the trial and the difficulty, and once we get through it, we realize, oh, Lord, you had a plan in that all the whole time. The whole time. And, And God had a purpose in it. And, and there's so many examples of that. The trials you've gone through, we, we learn as believers, Lord, thank you for those moments that you've taught me to trust you. Thank you. And, and I, I just want us to just sit in this moment with Joseph for a second and recognize that God has a purpose for our pain. And our difficulty. God will never waste your pain. He's got a purpose for that. We also recognize that even though we're, un- we're often uncomfortable in our walk with the Lord, God always strengthens us and gives us what we need. And so can I just ask us, And I'm sitting with you here. I'm not talking at you. Let's be a church that listens for God's spirit to speak. We listen for him. I love how Joseph listened to the Lord. Let's, let's, let's be faithful as he unfolds his plan in front of us. And let's expect God to keep his word. And I can just imagine those disciples. And I don't know how it all played out. We just don't have all the information. How those disciples, when they heard Jesus say, go get the colt. And if anybody asks, 
Just tell them the master needs it. All right. I'll go get the colt. Or, hey, I know this guy, you had not met him yet, but he's going to have a jar of water. I, I would imagine there were quite a few that had jars of water, but somehow he would know, know what to, which guy, follow him into his house. I don't know how that played out. If he, the guy was like, I don't know. They were waiting or saying, hey, buddy, where are you going? I don't know. Just follow him. And they, they, they just obeyed the Lord. Let me tell you, it's going to work out if you obey the Lord. Obey him. Trust him. Don't doubt him. That's what we get to see in Joseph. Don't doubt him. So our, our challenge today, and, and it's simple. I'm going to ask Josh to come up. And Josh, could let, let's sing I Surrender All. Um, I think that's a beautiful song, an important song. Lord, I'm going to surrender to you. Here's the challenge today. Where do you need to obey the Lord right now? Well, what is it in your life that you're just unwilling to, follow, to trust the Lord and obey him? Josh, they're going to sing this song, I Surrender All. And here's what I want to ask you to do in this invitation. For you to just say, Lord, I bring whatever it is that is coming to your mind. You're struggling to obey the Lord. Lord, I'm going to obey you. Even if it's hard. Maybe it's you need to, you need to, your marriage is struggling and you need to end a relationship that's not, that's forming. End it. Maybe there's a habit in your life or maybe it's on your phone and you need some accountability. Go, go to somebody today and get, real accountability. Let's obey the Lord, folks. Let me tell you, life is too short and these days are too critical for us to be flippant about our faith in Christ. And, and I'm learning that every stage of life, um, I, I'm moved with urgency to obey the Lord. Oh my goodness, as I was on Friday, as I laid in the floor um, playing with my little granddaughter, looking at her, thinking, oh Lord, I, I, gotta, I, I wanna be a grandfather that walks with Jesus, that inspires her to walk with Jesus. As my my son got engaged, and I'm gonna have a daughter-in-law. I want them to see a, a, a patriarch of their family that I'm crazily moving into. That they walk with Jesus. They obey him. You'll never regret it. God will never disappoint us. 
His plan, His glory will one day be revealed and we'll go, whoa, that was amazing. Lord, thank you for the trial. Thank you for the difficulty. Thank you for the moment that you taught me I can trust you. I'll trust Him. Obey Him. Now, I got to tell you, this is for believers. You don't obey your way into heaven. That's a gift that you receive that Jesus did for you. So don't hear me say you got to do better to get to heaven. No. You can't do better and get to heaven. Ah, but I pray that every one of us can walk out of this room today going, Lord, I, I surrender all to you. All to you. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. And when you're ready to sing, ask the Lord, what do I need to obey? Father, we pray in Jesus' name that every one of us will walk out of this room in complete surrender to you. So we recognize the, the powerful story of Joseph and his obedience. Father, would you help us with boldness and clarity and authenticity surrender all to you today? I love you, Jesus. And I thank you for the, the beautiful gift of your word. Move us now. In Jesus' name, help us surrender to you. Amen.